We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. And welcome aboard. Guess what? It is not Stefan Tubbs in this afternoon. It would be friend of Stefan Tubbs, Matt Dunn, the Backbone Radio Sunday guy, reporting for duty, showing up to hang out a little bit from 4 to 7 p.m. And may I say, very honored to be in here. It's close enough, close enough to Labor Day. But I don't want to get too serious or anything today. I thought maybe we would just kind of joke around, play around a little bit these next three hours and share a little bit of episodic wisdom such as it is at present. Got a few things to cover. We've got Mr. Nichols back there. He's going to spin some tunes. I guess something brand new from the Rolling Stones just came out today. Is this true? All right. We've already got that in the system. Okay, and yeah, and having lost Jimmy Buffett so recently, I mean, we don't want to get get too serious, too uptight, or too political. Well, I take that back. We're going to have to get a little bit political. That's part part of the nature of the game here, and you have any thoughts about any of the topics we're unfurling or just something you generate on your own? You know the number, 303-696-1971. I see the text-to-studio are already firing up, and I'll be responding to those as best I can along the way. Love it when those texts come in and keep me on track, especially if I mispronounce somebody's name, which I am prone to doing, or make some sort of uh, erroneous statement, or say something that is worth Commending, which seldom, if ever, happens, but if it does, maybe the text to studio would be uh, would be important in that moment. And I'll tell you, yeah, we've. Uh, I might do some more some more Buffett. I just somehow, after all these decades of not being able to listen to Jimmy Buffett, uh, he passes on. I start listening to his tunes, and I've got them all spinning around in my head all the time. The best earworm song ever, I I would say the one that you hear once and then it's in your head for about the next two years, that would be Margaritaville. Am I right? Am I right on that? You hear it once and it's going to be in there? The guy became a billionaire off of that song. And I was thinking about doing a little play with that in that they describe Buffett's musical genre as island escapism. I guess Buffett himself calls it island escapism. And I just happened to have read the book for the first time, Robinson Crusoe, which would be kind of the opposite of island escapism, right? Because, you know, that book came out like 304 years ago, came out in 1719, and I finally read it. But Robinson Crusoe gets stuck on an island for 28 years, and that would be kind of the opposite of island escapism. You might call that... Island stuckism, and boy, he wanted off that island after having been there. But I guess you know if you're singing songs to 
the Midwest, United States of America, a little island escapism sounds sounds appealing. But if we got stuck out there for 28 years, we'd probably not want to hear as much as much Buffett. But I was thinking about how resourceful and industrious that Robinson Crusoe character was. It's based somewhat loosely on a true story. He didn't have any screens. He didn't have any news. He didn't have any media. He didn't have any propaganda. He's just sitting out there on his island, and he became quite a resourceful individual. And sometimes you just sit around thinking, boy, what could we do with our lives if we didn't have screens upon us at all times and our devices upon us at all times? Of course, I carve out a singular exception for radio. Radio is cool to have that to have that going on. You would want that on your desert island if you had to spend 28 years out there. At least you'd, you'd want 710KNUS, your local talk leader. But I want to get into, yeah, the state of the Republican Party primary, the reality of the Republican Party primary. It's not a contest. DeSantis, boy, has reached the end of the asphalt. He's in free fall. It's just open air and gravity below the DeSantis campaign. We'll detail that. Some of the big donors are talking up Nikki Haley now, who's down there on some of the poll data I've seen around 3%, 4%. So she's not a 0%er, but wonder if the big rhino donor money is headed to try to Abandon DeSantis, as Politico says. He's, his donors are abandoning him. And maybe uh, going for Nikki Haley. And so I thought I would float it out there and see if, see if anybody thinks that Nikki Haley has the potential to be the next DeSantis <laughs> or the potential to go anywhere in this Republican primary And there's one other wild card we could explore a bit, and that's Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, Republican, a Carlisle guy, one of those investment banker type individuals who gets into politics. And he's being talked to by the Murdochs and by some other big donors who want him to jump in to be the next DeSantis. And so far he is passing his IQ test and not jumping in. But will he? I don't know. Or maybe maybe Nikki Haley will be too much of a juggernaut for Glenn Youngkin to want to compete with, and we shall see. But Trump, you know, he's got 40-plus, 45, 50-point leads in basically every single state in the union in the Republican primary. And Trump is also ahead of Joe Biden In uh, about half the polls I have seen, I've got this stack of poll data here, and the 538 poll just came out today. It was released today, and there's Biden uh, behind Trump by six points, and uh, good old uh, DeSantis is behind Biden by two points. So, yeah, Trump 44, Biden 38 in the... 538 poll and Biden 37, DeSantis 35. And for the presidential primary, Republican primary, Trump 61, DeSantis 12, Pence 6, Haley 5, Ramaswamy 5. 
which has Trump 49-point lead. Dude. Dude. I mean, it's just not even a primary, you know? And I don't know, that Fox News Republican primary debate, was that kind of maybe a waste of time to even spectate at that, all the folks that are lurking around down there in single digits? Um, I don't know, but Trump hung out with Tucker Carlson instead. And by gosh, that Tucker Carlson-Trump talk, interview, conversation, which was quite fascinating, by the way, got 161.4 million clicks on it last time I looked, which has been a week ago or so. So it's probably more now compared to about 12.4 million that supposedly tuned in to the Republican primary Debate, So, you know, kind of lopsided. And by the way, uh, Tucker Carlson, quite unleashed, right? Don't you kind of like the new Tucker after he got fired from Fox News? Good old Tucker, I guess he was kind of a problem. He had the number one show in cable news, the giant of cable news, the one interesting person on cable news, the only one. Who you, you never quite know where he's going to come down on some issue. And he will go against the grain of the establishment and of the party, of both parties, and call it like he sees it. And they, they fired him. Guess he was a problem. As in, ideologically, Team Murdoch were not relishing having Tucker around in spite of the high ratings. And Fox has since gone on to lose about half their, half their major demo audience in, what is it, the 35 to 54 which is the big advertising demo that, that everybody wants, you know, to court. At any rate, guess who Tucker Carlson is talking to tonight on his, uh, his new platform, which is on X slash Twitter? Some individual who claims to have uh, a male who claims to have had a romantic interlude with Barack Obama. And so that will be happening, be released tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, I believe. And so that's going to get probably, what, tens of millions, 100 million views, clicks on that interview. And I thought I don't have a whole lot of interest in talking a lot about that. But just so you know that Tucker has this kind of freedom now because uh, Elon Musk seems to be, at least in certain ways, improving the freedom quotient around Twitter and damping down the censorship a little bit, which was just, just, just vicious, the censorship that had been going on on Twitter. But I I think it's still kind of going on, unfortunately. I think Elon could be doing a better job, but there's a few key things like, like with what Tucker has been able to do that's really quite impressive. Anyway, there's going to be kind of a conversation, I think, maybe nationally, driven by what Tucker has got going. I saw some previews of it about sort of some things about Barack Obama, okay? And I remember all the years listening to Peter Boyles, you know, and still do, by the way. He was in here yesterday, one of my heroes, yeah, talking about how, boy, we just really don't know who Barack Obama really is really was, really is. Who, who, who is that guy? And I think there will be an interesting piece brought into the equation tonight by uh, Tucker Carlson. We'll see how the media handles it. 
And I would say, what would be the relevance of Tucker Carlson talking to an individual who, a male who claims to have had a romantic interlude with Barack Obama some 24 uh, years ago? I believe he said the year was 99 or 2000, something like that. Yeah, I think that's what they said on the previews. Is it a lot of people are out there thinking that Joe Biden is not going to make it all the way to the general election in 2024, that there's going to be some kind of a substitute come in. Some people say Gavin Newsom of California might be sort of inserted into the top of the Democratic ticket. They somehow don't like to have primaries, do they? Um, could be Gavin Newsom. But some people always speculate about, you know, could Michelle Obama sort of jump into the race there at the last minute and all of a sudden it's not a Trump-Biden race, it's a Trump-Michelle Obama race. But there's been enough, you know, kind of stuff about Barack Obama, you know, the sort of maybe somewhat strange passing of Barack Obama's chef while paddleboarding at Martha's Vineyard and a little Tucker Carlson talking to whoever this individual is tonight. I couldn't find this individual's name. But uh, that do you think that might make it a little bit more challenging for Michelle Obama to want to dive into the race if there's just this, I don't know, percolating something going on with Barack Obama at present? And I don't know, uh, you know what's driving that, but it does seem like Tucker Carlson now has the freedom to uh, explore some issues that he maybe never has had in the past quite in the sense that uh, over at Fox News, I think there were quite a few limitations upon him, what he could say and what he could do. But it seems like those are dissipating. And, you know, I suppose as long as Elon Musk says, yeah, just go do what you want to do, Tucker, just go talk about stuff. Just just do it. And Elon Musk a little bit worried about the finances of X slash Twitter, apparently they are hemorrhaging cash to a pretty large extent. And if you get Tucker on there and getting a hundred plus million clicks on his videos, I mean, that is, that's where the eyeballs are in this country, probably even around the world. And that helps, I guess, what, advertising that helps everything to keep uh, Twitter going. So probably Elon's going to just keep green lighting what Tucker's up to. And I guess that's a good example of uh, of Tucker coming out on top, rolling with the changes coming out on top. And you can just kind of see he's having fun. Apparently, he's flying down to Argentina right now. He's down there right now interviewing the populist candidate in Argentina who's running for the presidency of Argentina, who would you would say might be a Trump kind of like figure. Not that anybody could uh, match the magnitude of the MAGA movement. And he just had a great interview with Orban over in Hungary. Talked about Ukraine, which borders Hungary, and about uh, the, the viewpoint of Hungary where the, you know, the United States elites do not like what Hungary is doing because Hungary likes its nation and, and its history and its faith and its borders. And uh, again... A lot of fascinating stuff uh, brewing there, and I guess I'm going a little bit uh, a bit long, but I want to get into 
uh, Mitch McConnell. He keeps freezing up on us. Have you noticed that, that Mitch uh, gets up there, tries to speak, and then he just sort of uh, puckers up and becomes immobile, like a popsicle or something, and the doctors come out and say that, oh, he's okay, he's, he's all right, he can keep on going, uh, leading the Senate. And anyway, he, he came out and said some stuff about Ukraine, he, he kind of, the unfrozen Mitch, just now I saw this before we came in and we snagged that audio. Why don't we... Why don't we talk about Mitch a little bit when we come back? Again, it's it's Matt Dunn, the Backbone Radio Sunday guy, guest hosting for Stefan Tubbs. Honored to be in here. And actually, before the break, I wanted to say I just, just read a great article over in Westward about Stefan Tubbs written by Michael Roberts. And I might point your attention to that. I have it over on the Backbone Radio Twitter page. And uh, Stephen Tubbs at Tubbs Show has it on his page. And what a wonderful guy. What a wonderful radio presence and personality we have been so lucky to work with these past, what, six, seven years around here at 710K in U.S. And he has said uh, he's going to move on to his next chapter of adventures in a couple of months, which which I hate. I hate to see it. And... Um, I uh, I have enjoyed coming in and sitting in on the occasions where uh, where Stephen Tubbs has been out of pocket and like like today I come in and say hello, <laughs> but um, but that Westward article is really well written and we, really well done and it talks about Tubbs and his career and his impact and uh, and what he's up to next which I think you'll quite, you'll find quite fascinating it's uh, suggestive anyway. At any rate, Matt Dunn in for Stefan Tubbs. Let's take a little break. 303-696-1971. Be right back. Hey, coming right in with the all-star song of a band called Smash Mouth. Matt Dunn here, by the way, in for Stefan Tubbs. And, yeah, Steve Harwell is the lead singer of Smash Mouth, and um, unfortunately he did pass away a couple of days ago at the age of 56. And, yeah, boy, I uh, they had some really, really cool tunes, did Smash Mouth. And I will admit that All-Star Song, that was always their biggest hit. That was their, their one that went to number uno. And somehow it, that, that was my, I liked it, you know, good song, sounds good right now. But it wasn't, it wasn't my top, top of the hits of Smash Mouth. And I'm just, I don't know, who, who's with me in thinking that Walking on the Sun, Walking on the Sun. We can play it a little bit here. Little celebration of Steve Harwell. Had a life uh, struggling with alcoholism, burned brightly, say his family and friends. This came out back in 97. I still remember the first time I heard this one on the radio, FM radio. I happened to be in Berkeley, California, running around out there. I don't know what I was doing in Berkeley. But don't you like the sound? They're working in kind of 
that spirit in the sky vibe, tremolo on the guitar. They get the the cheesy organ in here. And what do you call that? It's like the Leslie, or what was the name of the organ that the Doors had? Drawing a blank on that one. By the way, Larry Sinclair is the name of the individual that Tucker Carlson has been interviewing. That comes out tonight, alleging alleging some things about Barack Obama. We'll see. and I don't know. So that's Walking on the Sun, and it's kind of a hippie send-off celebrating the hippie generation, which I think is their best song. I think it got to number three or number four on the charts. I saw a listing the other day. And their other tune, Then the Morning Comes by Smash Mouth, hit number two, which I think is a, that's my top two, Walking on the Sun and Then the Morning morning Comes. Yeah, hear the cheesy organ there? What a great send-up to the, to the 60s. And remember those commercials as a kid? Uh, any of you saw those? The, the old Coca-Cola commercials. They're holding the candles and teach the world the singing and all that. It's a send-up on that. But I'll tell you, you know, we'll, we'll get into some Jimmy Buffett as the program goes on. But uh, we hate to lose some of these, some of these great voices. And in the case of Jimmy Buffett, a total American icon. And that send-up to the hippie generation, the peace and love generation, has always got me wondering, what happened to the hippies? Like, where did they go? Whatever happened to them in terms of, you know, peace, world peace, the goals to have peace, not war, 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 like our war machine and military-industrial complex seems to be wanting all the time these days. And you don't, you don't hear the hippie crowd voicing... A whole lot. And I don't know if that's because they're stifled out of the media or censored out of the media. Very well could be the case. But Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. I saw a stat that um, we've already sent $75 billion to Ukraine into what is, in my opinion, a gigantic mess over there. I've been opposed to this Ukraine war from the start of it, kind of a lonely voice on Sunday nights on Backbone Radio, and I've uh, stuck to my guns, so to speak, and voiced my predictions as to how this was going to play out and why it was unnecessary and why it shouldn't be happening. Sure enough, it appears to be playing out as, yes, your host predicted a gigantic mess. But the money keeps on flowing over there. The American taxpayer money keeps on going to Ukraine, billions upon billions at a time. And I saw another stat that, you know, if this next bunch of billions goes over, we're going to be up to like around $130 billion sent to Ukraine from the United States taxpayer. And that is more than the entire Russian military budget by quite a ways over there, and the Ukraine offensive not working. We'll get to some Colonel McGregor on that. But I was I was struck, and this is where the Mitch McConnell thing comes in, 
He keeps freezing up on us, you know, frozen Mitch. The doctors say he's okay. Talk about that in a second. But but Mitch, come, he, he unfreezes, and he, you know, the first time since his last freezing episode, he's had a couple of them, very public, very visible, and don't know what's going on with Mitch. Anybody worried about Mitch? Anybody concerned about the guy? You know, guy leading the Senate, leading the Senate in control of the billions. And he just does not look good. He does not look right. I'm not a fan of Mitch McConnell. I do see him as a a rhino, America laster. You know, he's cool with the open borders, and he wants trade deals to benefit China, not America. But he comes out and he, he says this, that, gosh, you know, hey, Biden is not sending money to Ukraine fast enough. And let's hear unfrozen Mitch say it. Just He said this just a little bit ago. The president has, I think, been too slow to keep the commitments that he's made publicly. But at least he's supporting the effort. I think he could have done it more skillfully, but he is supporting the effort. And I intend to continue to support it. And I hope the majority of my colleagues will feel the same way. Hmm. So, by gosh, um, somewhere between $75 billion and $135 billion has gone to Ukraine. Secretary of State Blinken just went over to Ukraine and announced another billion has landed, has arrived in Ukraine that we have sent over. The American people, CNN did a poll, the majority of the American people do not want more aid to Ukraine. This is becoming a very unpopular war. And in my opinion, if we had the truth about it reported about how poorly this Ukraine offensive is going, um, it would be even more dramatic. You have to get through the propaganda filters a little bit. Unfortunately, most of the mainstream media commentary you see about Ukraine ends up relying on data from think tanks. And if you look into where the think tanks get their funding, it is from the tentacles of the military-industrial complex, most unfortunately. So you would not say that that is unbiased and neutral, accurate information. You'd say that's information designed to stimulate more military spending in Ukraine. But Mitch says it's not enough. It's not enough. Um, And Biden is too slow on sending money over there. My gosh, ladies and gentlemen, and the Republican Party base in particular really doesn't want more money going over to Ukraine. I mean, that is a fact. And at that Republican debate on Fox News a couple weeks ago, Every single one of them up there, and actually, I don't know where Vivek was on that. Where was Vivek? He might be a little skeptical of the Ukraine thing. But all the rest of them are like, Mike Pence, we can't send them money fast. Let's shovel the billions, all the billions. Meanwhile, Hawaii just burns to the ground over there, and they get $700, a one-time FEMA check. And and Ukraine, I mean, if you start doing the math, it's over 7000 per household to Ukraine, where 700 to Lahaina, Hawaii. I mean, it's America last. How is it our leaders are so blatant about their America lastness? 
at any rate, it is slightly mysterious. On the phone lines, if you'd hang on, I'm going to take the break here in one second, but I've got to get this in. You, you want to hear Mitch freezing up a little bit? Just so we get this, he's had two episodes. I've got them both on audio. Maybe I'll, I'll play one of them here. This is from last week. Mitch is up there at the podium, and all of a sudden he just gets, like, stuck. He just puckers up. He turns into a popsicle right there, and he's, like, got this puckered face, and people come up behind us. and say, are you okay, Mitch? Can you hear Mitch? What's, let's just hear the sound of it here. What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh. There he is, frozen. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? Mitch, hello? All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Going to need a minute. Mitch froze up again, but he finally unfroze and came out, you know, to attack Biden for not spending enough on on Ukraine, which is crazy. And if you go to uh, the doctors for Mitch McConnell, and this is from the attending physician, Congress of the United States, Brian P. Monahan, MD, MACP, FRCP, professor of medicine and pathology, says this about Mitch's condition. Dear Sir, my examination of you following your August 30th, 2023 brief episode included several medical evaluations, brain MRI imaging, EEG study, and consultations with several neurologists for a comprehensive neurology assessment. There is no evidence that you have a seizure disorder or that you experienced a stroke, TIA, or movement disorder such as Parkinson's disease. There are no changes recommended in treatment protocols as you continue recovery from your March 2023 fall. So I guess Mitch took a tumble back in March 2023, but that's a physician. Basically says uh, no changes and you are cleared to continue on running the Senate. So uh, so they did. They checked for... Um, they checked for uh, seizure disorders and stroke evidence, TIAs, Parkinson's. And this is where I, you know, practicing dentist, use some of the medical language, you know. I'd say this, well, okay, did those D.C. doctors, did they test for signs of transient episodic rigor mortis? Did they test for that? Did they test for semi-permanent pucker syndrome? Or did they even test for... Periodic rhino popsicleism. Those are the questions that I am throwing out um, for the D.C. doctors. Did they check for those other, other syndromes or isms or, you know, transient rigor mortis? I mean, that, could that be what we've got in our, our rhino Senate majority leader, who is nothing but trouble, in my opinion, nothing but trouble? Republican Party voters do not want more money to Ukraine. And there is Mitch telling Biden he has to send more and he has to do it faster. And we're already sending. We've blanketed Ukraine with billions upon billions. Okay. At any rate, hang on the phone lines if you would. Let's take the little break. It's Matt Dunn. I'm in for Stefan Tubbs, 303-696-1971.
There we go. They've got that cheesy organ out. A text the studio said, is that a Hammond? And it might well be a Hammond, and whoever their organ guy is, he was maybe a guy who was really into the doors. And by the way, you know who wrote this song? It wasn't the monkeys. Who knows? Who knows who wrote this one? Yep, 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 yep. Neil Diamond. Neil wrote, I'm a believer. Who likes the Smash Mouth version compared to the Monkees version compared to the Neil version? It's a great song. You can't deny it. I like this version. I like them all. But I do give the Monkees the edge. You just got to give the Monkees the edge. As we have, we say our goodbyes to, yeah, Steve Harwell of Smash Mouth passes away at the age of, of 56. Liver failure, very sad, very tragic. Too young, too young to be checking out. And on this Ukraine business, you know, um, Hawaii burns down. Biden's sitting out on a beach in Delaware. Reporter asks him what his comment might be about the fires in Lahaina. And Biden just says no comment, a dismissive no comment. Do you know what an epic, epic scandal that should be? And another epic scandal that should be is how much money has Biden's personal family bank account incurred from Ukraine via Hunter and probably other family channels? And now we have to spend $135 billion on Ukraine after Biden practices his bribery, extortion, whatever you want to call it over there in Ukraine. That, that should be a grandiose scandal. All of that stuff, right? But it's all in how the media portrays it. Luckily, around here, we see through it all. But let's say hello on the phone lines. And we've got uh, Brian in Arvada. Brian, thank you for checking in. And what's going on, sir? Hey, good evening, Matt. Greetings. Hey, uh, th- it's all just a scam. Come on, guys. I mean, um, I guess they just gave him a billion dollars today. I guess old yeah. Blinken was over there. Yeah. Yeah. We Another just billion. had people, yeah, so we just had people in Hawaii, Lahaina, their whole family's just burned alive in cars. I mean, can you imagine the carnage there? But, you know, here you go, here's a few million for you, buddy, but uh, we got to send it over there. I want somebody to tell me, one lefty to tell me, what's the end result? What's the game plan? In Ukraine? Yeah, in Ukraine. Yeah. What's the they, game they won't plan? say. They won't say what the uh, what the goal is, and they get mad if you ask what the goal is. What is the end game here? And Maybe they the don't want to say it's World War Three. Rich. Yeah. yeah. Who, are the, who are the names of the people that are getting super rich? They're do- let's face it. They're donating to both sides. You know, they're do- donating to all these uh, rhinos. Okay, you look at uh, what's his name, the guy out of Florida. That, uh, he's so in- irrelevant, I even forgot his name now. Oh, you're talking uh, about DeSantis? Yeah, DeSantis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, DeSantis, that guy. Oh, yeah, at first he's like, well, you know, I'm against it. But then he's like, his donors got a hold of him and said, hey, dude, we're giving you money here. Yeah, you that know, got DeSantis in up. gear quickly. He's like, oh, yeah, we got to send the billions to Ukraine after the donors piped up. Yeah. But a bunch of that money's gone missing. And you can read interesting stuff about that, like where has some of this money gone? And Ukraine is known to be a very corrupt government and society. And so, I mean, you're going to throw billions over at this corrupt society and a bunch of it's going to go missing. And 
it's hard to get accountability on all of that. There's some people out there trying, but that doesn't make yeah, me feel great. Just they wouldn't even vote to have an accountability for the money. They're like, no, we don't need to do that, guys. Let's yep. settle down here. Yep. You know, we, we'll, we'll just uh, kind of – it's just a money laundering organization. That's all it is. It's no, it's no more, no less. It's very simple. But, uh, hey, what do you think about uh, the old needles and masks coming back? Oh, that's, uh, yeah. Peter Boyles talked about that yesterday, uh, I think, for about three hours in this space. And I, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm not excited about it, and I think it's going to be hard to get the same kind of compliance, right, we had last time around. But, yeah, here, well, it, here it comes again. I'm kind of enjoying it like it the way it is, you know, because when I go to a store and I see a guy wearing a mask, I can go, okay, he's just an idiot, so I don't need to waste my time on this feller. Mm-hmm. But now i got to go to the store once they start, because they're coming back, and now i got to say, well, is he a coward or is he an idiot? So now I'm going to have to make choices. Right now I can just say he's an idiot, so I hope people don't comply. But, well, Brian, uh, you're not going to mask up. Sounds like, and but here's the key significance. Well, are they going to try to change around the uh, the way we vote again by another COVID scenario, which is apparently a mild variant you're seeing more of? But uh, it's all about how we vote in 2024, and uh, that's what I'm looking out for. And I'll I'll tell you what, Brian, they're they're stacked behind you. I better carry on, but uh, but yep. Eyes up, eyes up for this business, and let's say hey to Jack in Wyoming. Jack, what are you thinking, sir? Well, you mentioned McConnell, and I've never been much of a fan of McConnell's at any point in his career. But the most important thing he ever did in his life, and one of the most important, and you know what I'm going to say, that's ever happened recently is keeping Merrick Garland from getting a nomination to the, to the bench. I mean, that, that was paramount in his career as far as I'm concerned. But guess what? Did you know that Mitch McConnell wanted Donald Trump to hire Merrick Garland as the new FBI director after he dismissed James Comey? Did you know that about Mitch, Jack? No, I might have heard that, but I don't. I, I can't be for sure on that. The most corrupt AG, almost as corrupt as Bill Barr, frankly, is Merrick Garland. <laughs> and and I'll tell you, he, he wanted Garland to run the FBI. Oh, what a swamp, man, Jack. But you got to wonder why why McConnell did that. I mean, somebody must have got a hold of him and you know, gave him a scare or something. You mean back in the day for uh, for for Garland for FBI director? No, blocking him from the court. I mean, why did he do that? I mean, somebody had to get to him for that. I'm sure that he didn't do that on his own. Yeah, McConnell, the only thing he gets credit for is the judges. But um, I don't know. How good is he really on that? And I, yeah, so, Well, let's give him a little credit on that, but how about nothing else? Nothing else good from Mitch for a long time. A confirmed yes, yes, America cool. laster. Yeah. And for him to even think that, my gosh, Merrick Garland would be great to replace Comey at the FBI. I mean, I just, you have to understand the dimensions of the swamp. And that's one of those factoids that you just can't shake off once you see that one. All right. It's Matt Dunn. I'm in for Stefan Tubbs. Thanks to Brian Jack for checking in. You're invited. Check in in this next hour, and we'll be right back.